What's up, water hockey fans? The Olympic Games are underway, and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo and offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's $50,000 up for grabs, and the best part is it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's events and track your results throughout the evening to see if you achieve victory. Questions range from medal count to questions specific to the USA team. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Again, that's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. And as always, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another juicy, delectable episode of Water Hockey brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and proudly supported by DraftKings. Uh, as always, use promo code THPN on the DraftKings app today to get in on all of the action and make sure to share uh, share us, Water Hockey, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Water Hockey. We're on LinkedIn because we're super professional now. Um, share with your friends, your family, your neighbors, uh, people that like football because hockey is superior, but we don't have to get into that right now. Boys, we're back again. We've got a big, big show. Huge guest joining us today, which we will jump into here in just a moment. Super huge. This is a, this was a big one for us. Uh, Patrick, tell us a little bit about your weekend. Man, it was uh, it was pretty subdued. Tried to play a full eighteen. Didn't tee off at our usual uh, seven seven ten on Saturday. And let me tell you, that is a mistake. I think we teed off at nine thirty five and weren't done with the front nine till noon. Ooh, on the nose what? yeah we uh i think we got done with hole two and on three the group in front of us wasn't even off the box yet love that so, for you guys love that's that for you. uh that was real good but i feel like there's a way we can like make that game better though right yeah Maybe. i feel like i feel like you know someone's like specially that can help you not only speed the game up but make it more enjoyable especially with the hot temperatures i do know somebody like that Tell us a little in bit fact, more about I know, it. I know a couple of guys like that, and it's the guys at the range. With the range, you don't even have to bother with waiting on the group in front of you, except maybe your buddies if they're taking too long on their tee shots. Uh, they got the mobile golf simulator with the TrackMan technology. They'll come to your house, your apartment parking lot, I guess. Domicile. Or wherever you reside, and they'll set it up. You can hang out, hit some golf balls, play some really nice courses virtually, of course. Um, they got all the stats. They got ball speed. They got swing speed. They have the smash factor, which there we it is. have pounded into everybody's heads at this point. Smash factor. smash factor. But check them out, www.therangegolf.com, and follow them on Instagram at therange underscore golf. They got uh, T-Box Tuesdays every week, flyovers of 
some signature holes on some of the courses they offer and uh yeah check them out it's a lot of fun yeah uh that was i think your best ad read that you've done thank you. so thank kudos you. kudos uh jason how was your weekend uh, i was pretty dope you've got a fresh baby face again we, we we just record these with audio but we were all on camera right now and we just see a a fresh sweet angel baby face jason aged yeah. like aged back like 10 years i really just got tired of it i was it's i mean i can't grow a beard at all so like shaving for like every six weeks is kind of the norm for me and i just i could let it go for like 10 weeks and that was it and that was that's what it was i got little tiny patches everywhere and it just got really annoying <laughs> patches started, of to like a, started to look like i was a 13 year old kid again just you know well i mean bad. we've we've had voice cracks on this show so it just kind of goes in with the whole uh we're just hitting puberty at like 30 yeah, i don't remember anything kids. like that <laughs> No, because you take care of us. <laughs> I don't know. And, uh, you know, it just kind of reminds me of being all smelly all the time, just like those smelly locker rooms. So, and if you're uh, wanting to replace your old moldy bag uh, to go in that nice locker room, uh, go check out ConwayAndBanks.com. They make premium quality bags that are built to last. They include removable organizers to keep all your stuff organized, keeps everything dry and waterproof uh, with that waterproof material and the giant vents on the side. Uh, my personal favorite feature is that built-in foot mat that keeps my feet dry from all those nasty locker rooms. Go check out ConwayBanks.com. Uh, actually, go to our link tree and click the link in our link tree because uh, it takes you to a special page that gets you uh, 15% off. So uh, go check out those bags. They come in three different sizes and colors, so you'll be sure to find the one that you love. Yeah, I uh, I think that, that, that segue Beautiful. smelled delightful. That was fresh. Um, well... Guys, I'm just super pumped. Uh, had a great weekend. You know, caught some, uh, caught some, caught some of the Olympics. Luca's dominating per usual. Um, you know, NBA free agency just started, but we're a hockey podcast. That being said, it's amazing to see how much these free agents are getting on their signings, which is literally over what the cap is in the NHL. Gary Bettman, you know, hop off that stool. Let's get that cap up. Before we jump into this interview, though, one more uh, ad we got to hit you with. Uh, the boys over at Texas Hockey Apparel, they are running a special right now, a Texas Hockey Apparel mystery shirt for only $10. So head over to TexasHockeyApparel.com, uh, shoot Garrett a message at Texas Hockey Apparel on Instagram and Twitter, uh, and make sure you guys get stocked up on those shirts. He might throw some long sleeves in there because apparently it's eventually supposed to get cold in the state, but we shall see. Guys, I'm just going to jump into it. This guest is huge for us. Uh, we've had countless guests from all sides of the ice covering the ECHL, the AHL, the NHL alumni. Uh, we've been holding out but are super excited to be joined by our first ever active NHLer. Um, and he just so happens to be a part of the Stars organization since 2018. Uh, he's been sharing time with the Texas and Dallas Stars. Uh, he's out of Keswick, Ontario, a UMass Minutemen, and formerly part of the Canadians and Coyotes organization and scored his first NHL goal in one of the most memorable circumstances ever, which we will definitely get into. Uh, French fries, ladies and gentlemen, Joel Hanley, welcome to the show. Nice. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I feel like I'm in the locker room again. <laughs> oh, We're just getting you prepped and ready. For. Exactly. Uh, well, uh, this is the pre-pre-season. Yeah, exactly. yeah. This is the uh, this is the media training camp session of the uh, of the buildup. Um, what? Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, first and foremost, how has your off season been so far? What's new with the, the Hanley clan? Because it's uh, it's been a big uh, big off season for you. Yeah, exactly. I know it's the you know this off season's been good for me. Um, I don't know if many of you know, but I 
I um, I ended up having to get surgery at the end of the the season, basically on mm-hmm. my groin and core kind of. So it's been a different off season for myself, just to, as far as um, just rehabbing that and trying to get back to healthy. So it's coming along pretty well. Other than that, yeah, like you said, it's the Hanley clan now. So my wife's actually pregnant, and we're expecting a child in in January. So it's going to be a baby boy so that's pretty exciting I mean, hopefully we can get him a little stick and teach him how to play hockey well congratulations yeah, yeah that's awesome snaps all um around. yeah snaps all around uh so J- january's are just big for you guys you had the winter classic and now you're following it up with the uh with a baby boy on the way that's uh that's pretty big man speaking of uh, big things i mean this does this kind of pales in comparison to uh you know having your first kiddo it's kind of weird to go off of being like, hey, you know, congratulations, you're having first kiddo. Let's talk about your first NHL goal. <laughs> um, uh, and it, like we said before, it came in a pretty special circumstance. Uh, for those that are listening that don't know or are not aware, Hanley scored his first goal during the Stanley Cup Finals against Tampa Bay Lightning uh, in that first game when you guys took the win. What was that like, that moment? You were right there at the center coming in from the right, right almost at the top of the crease. And I mean, you just fired it home. And if I, if I remember correctly, it was stick side top shelf six side yeah i do know it was top shelf but it was nasty i mean you beat him nasty what was that like in the moment and then getting back to your phone because this was during the covid bubble playoff your phone bill had to be through the roof i mean you had to be getting texts from everyone that you knew ever yeah man it was crazy like I, it's hard to like put into words it was just so like surreal because like even when it went in like i like didn't even think it went in because it was obviously like my first goal in the NHL. So I was like, there's no way this went in. Um, I felt like time kind of just went kind of like, just went in like slow motion after that. I just couldn't really believe it. Um, It was definitely like, I think the hardest part was trying to get through the game after like through the game because it was like in the first five minutes of the game. So I was like, holy smokes, I still have to play another 55 minutes of this game. And (laughs) I was just like, it was just wild. So, I mean, like, definitely was getting a lot of text messages throughout, like, the bubble. And all my buddies were kind of asking me what it was like. And definitely heard from a lot of people just congratulating me and, you know, saying, like, that was the coolest thing they ever saw. And that was just epic. Just, like, a cool time to score your first goal. Yeah, it was a rocket, too. That was nasty. That was a, that was a no-brainer off the stick. Like, one of those where you're just like, there's no way Vasilevsky's going to stop that one. Not with what, what he's got on it. So, may or may not have been buckled in a hot tub and uh, broken Bo Oklahoma for a bachelor party, which I think it's my fault that the stars didn't win that Stanley cup because I didn't watch any more games from a hot tub. So that's on me. I'll take the loss on that one, but uh, back to the Patrick, I'm going to, yeah, it's, it's back to the hot tub for me. Uh, Patrick, I'm going to kick it over to you because we had a uh, guest recently um, who had some insight on uh, the bubble and in being with the team. So I'm going to kick it over to you. Yeah. So like we were saying, you know, in our, our pre-show, just, chat a little bit uh we had totes on a couple weeks ago as he was in the bubble as media guy obviously his experience in his words was that it was an awesome time and he could have done it for forever but Granted, totes I, is single it doesn't yeah. have a wife no kids on the way or anything yeah. like that so let's so, preface it with that so that's totes experience he gave it an a plus <laughs> plus what was your experience like being away from your family just doing nothing but hockey for 66 days every other day you know what was that grind like for you it was wild yeah um that's an interesting perspective that totes had um (laughs) 
Yeah, it was wild. I mean, it was like, um, I mean, I think the, I think the boys made the best of the, the situation. Um, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what a lot of people expected from, you know, the stars, um, going into, but I think like, I think we met everyone's expectations as far as, you know, we made it to, you know, the Stanley cup finals and it was just like crazy just throughout the whole experience. And, you know, at least for, for me personally, I, you know, I, I wasn't really in the lineup at the beginning. So, you know, they had like golf simulators throughout like the arena, which was pretty cool. Um, they had like, um, a little courtyard where you had like basketball and like, um, you had like, you could play that sandbag game. So that was like, there wasn't like a ton of things to do, but those are the things that you could kind of go out there and get like 30 minutes of sun. And, but I mean, other than that, it was like basically all hockey. I mean, in the mornings you'd go to the rink and you'd, you'd practice and then you'd, you'd kind of come home and, you know, obviously on game days you'd have your nap and then get ready for the game. So but like I was saying, for me personally, like at the beginning, I, I wasn't really in the lineup. And then um, I kind of got my opportunity. It was, I think it was game seven um, against uh, against Colorado. And that was like my first game. So I was like, jump right into the fire kind of thing. So got right into it. And um, that's a heck of a game to be in. <laughs> yeah, game seven, Western Conference Finals, like pr- pretty nerve wracking, but uh, no big deal. <laughs> yeah, I was able to get through that. And then. Yeah, I guess it was just a crazy overall experience and something that, looking back, it was definitely a cool and, you know, kind of a unique experience. Were you a part of the 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 group with Johnsy bringing all of the game setups and systems, or were you like, uh, it's not really for me, you know, if they've got ping pong or pool or something like that, I'll do that, but I'm not about to jump in on Call of Duty with Johns. No, I was definitely one of the guys playing Call of Duty. I think it just added to my <laughs> video game addiction which at the beginning the wi-fi was pretty brutal and then everyone started complaining and then um they figured it out and As we ended up... started exiting too yeah. yeah maybe that that's why you guys were that's why you guys were made it all the way to the final you were like you know what hey guys like john's pulls everyone together and he's like hey if we can just like kick everybody out the wi-fi is going to be flawless so guys yeah. we have got to keep winning <laughs> the boys were buzzing after that <laughs> What is uh? What's your favorite loadout on uh, Call of Duty here? Oh, wow. Wow. Right, now. It, right, right now, I think it's like the C fifty eight and like uh, the MP five or something. But naturally, the MP five. That MP five is so sick. I love that yeah. one when I played. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> still, still uh, is Call of Duty still your primary at the moment, or what you got playing recently? Yeah, basically just Call of Duty. It's kind of, I, I don't know if, like, if you guys play, but like there's like recently there's been a lot of hackers and it's been kind of annoying. Just, oh yeah, it kind of ruins the vibe of your day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Warzone's, Warzone's anti cheat system is pretty shitty. Yeah, yeah they've, they've been, been, been chastised I, pretty much since day one. I started playing yeah. Chell again, so I just I had to. Yeah, it's good, yeah, good to mix it up, I guess. Well, so speaking of that, obviously, like it was a it was a really uh, insane experience for you. Um, you, I'm assuming you got really close to the team. <laughs> you had no choice, but even more so than before. But I, I'm curious how easy or difficult it, you would say it is to keep in touch with your old teammates, um, maybe that have become friends that you you know in the systems with the Canadians or the Coyotes. And, and once the season is underway, does it get more difficult? Or do you usually just stay pretty pretty locked in and only keep in touch with the uh, with the immediate family and the guys in the locker room that you're playing with? Uh, yeah, um, there's definitely a few guys that I keep in touch with, you know, throughout the years and old teammates. Um, 
but like you said, it's typically like only your your current teammates and close friends. Um, you know, you can only, it's it's hard to like keep in touch with with everyone. Obviously, um, kind of with the grind of the season, but definitely have kept kept some good contacts and good buddies throughout the year. And I always like check check my phone and check the you know the old like uh, game center and stats just to check how your buddies are doing and you know if they've scored a goal or anything and you can send them a text but usually throughout the season it's pretty pretty hectic and um usually just hanging out with the boys uh that being said obviously last season was you say that the keyword is hectic you guys missed two full weeks one with you know covid cases and the second one with you know the wild winter storm which as texans were still pretty embarrassed to talk about but (laughs) You say that. Have, did you look at the schedule? Because they just released it a couple weeks ago, and you're like, man, it just doesn't feel like a lot of games. But it is. They're just regularly scheduled and spread out, so you guys are actually having time to rest and having time to travel. Yeah, I know. You're right. Last season was definitely different, and I guess, like you said, it hectic. So um, we didn't have a lot of time time off and time in between games to fully prepare, like fully rest your body and get prepared for the, the, the next game. So um, I think I'm just, I think overall just looking forward to, you know, this season and the regular schedule and being able to, you know, kind of prepare your body basically for the next game. And so it was just very hard, I guess, as a player to play games every other day for, I think it was like two and a half months, you know, especially for, for the top guys and, you know, guys like Miro and Klinger who are, logging like 25 a night so i think it'll be easier for for those guys especially yeah i know i know jason has a follow-up but i do want to mention too i can't believe like the past three seasons you guys have had to go through because you essentially went like patrick was saying 66 days playing non-stop and then you go to this past season where people are freaking out because you know oh they're not making the playoffs and it's like you guys don't understand they're they're condensing more hockey and travel into that last like month and a half than they did when they were in the bubble. And now you're going back to the regular season and one of the more long off seasons that you guys have had. So it's yeah. just brutal. Like it, it feels like outside of the NHL, it's, it's really not changed for any other organization or league. So, um, yeah. you know, kudos to you guys, obviously everyone's having to get surgery, but kudos to everybody in the NHL and the AHL and ECHL. Cause yeah. there's just, it's, it's, it's hard to explain. So, for but sure. uh, Jason, I'm going to kick it over to you, buddy. So obviously kind of like going back to what we're talking about playing so many games, uh, how, I mean, obviously it takes a toll on your body, but how, how did coaching staff kind of, you know, kind of mind it? Did, were they pretty understanding of like what you were putting, like understanding of like what you were putting through your body or they're pushing for more obviously, or how were they, how are they kind of handling? They were definitely like really good. And, um, I know like the, the coaches and the leaders are always talking and kind of, uh, especially with the, the strength guys and. Um, we're kind of always communicating, basically telling them how, you know, how we're feeling. And, you know, um, I think that's the biggest thing because if, you know, if you're pushed too hard and there's too many games and you definitely don't have your fresh legs. And I think that's something that, um, you know, the coaching staff really did a good job of is, you know, trying to obviously have practice time, but at the same time, trying to keep us as fresh as possible, not, you know, overworking us and, just with obviously the, the schedule we kind of just talked about. So one follow-up on, you just mentioned the, the practice schedule. How often would you say you guys had what, what you would consider a typical full practice, given the the four games in six days that you guys had to go through? Yeah. And it seemed like four or five times. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, last season, um, most of our practices were uh, basically like morning skates. And I guess if like people who don't know what a morning skate is, it's basically like um, on game days, we'd come in in the morning and we'd have basically like a 20 to 40 minute practice. Mostly it's for just, you know, feeling the puck and getting, you know, kind of getting your body like just um, more mentally prepared and then physically prepared but I mean that was the only time we kind of had time for practice so you know sometimes at the end we'll do like you know whether it's power play or PK or um, a four check or something that we've been working on so definitely definitely this uh, this last season it, it was more difficult to get those practice times in yeah that makes sense yeah kind of getting away from the hockey aspect a little bit uh, I wanted to to bring it back to your family a little I don't have kids Fink doesn't have kids. Jason's the only one, and, and you're expecting. How have you been? Uh, what's the process been like getting ready for for January? I, uh, I imagine I don't know what that's like getting everything ready, getting the nursery and all that. So maybe Jason was better qualified to ask. But Jason's just got that that look. He's like, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I mean, I'm I think Jason should let me know what I should be doing. <laughs> there you go, dude. They they can't prepare. No one can prepare you enough for it, but. Yeah, we were actually just talking before you hopped on that uh, Jason was rubbing his eye and he's like, yeah, I just got kicked in the eye by my son. He's like, I think I'm going to make it, but uh, it's touch and go. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't really know, to be honest. I mean, my wife has been doing a lot of the buying and um, as, at this point. I mean, maybe once um, the child is here, I'll, I'll be able to prepare myself a little bit better and just kind of go with everything. Um, but maybe read a few books on how to develop your, your child. And if you guys have any tips then I'm open, I'm open for it. I got you. I got you on the book, man. You, uh, <laughs> nice. you shoot me a message off there. I'll send you a book right now. Awesome. I actually have a, I have a great, I have a great kid's book. Uh, my, one of my closest friends and his wife are about to uh, have a child actually this month. Um, it's called the day my fart followed me to hockey. Um, it's a beautiful book. It's a coming of age tale. Uh, I definitely recommend it. It's a, it's a must read. It's 10 pages long. So it's easy for all of us to get through. Then I found out there's a whole slew of fart books about how the fart followed the child to basketball practice and everything. So, you know, just let the kid know that it's okay to be gassy. Uh, I don't know. That's just a great, that's a, that's a book that I saw. It's around. I'll put it on the list. <laughs> there you go. Jason, any, any tips you can, any sagely wisdom you can offer up? Oh man, I feel like it's expect uh, the unexpected. No, I I mean, obviously, like all the all the shitty moments are really like wiped out by like all the really cool moments. Like when they start talking for the first time, or shit, when they say "dad" for the first time. Oh my god, that that thing really blew my mind. So I don't want. I I could I get emotional talking about it. So it's it's uh is is your child pretty well experience. behaved? For the most part, I mean, he could be a turd. He's he's a two year old right now, so I mean, he's a yeah, he's a handful. But dude, they, yeah, it, it's only temporary. The bad times are only temporary. I could say that. So it, it it always gets better. Those shitty like short nights they they go away after a while. So it only gets better. I hope my there child sleeps sleeps through the night. That's my one thing that I hope. Man, we got really fortunate. So Max started sleeping. Hours in. Man, he started sleeping probably nine months into it like through the night it was great 
I do want to point out though a little bit that you can hear Max in the background a little bit. He's 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 he is crying. <laughs> he's not a super right now, but the irony behind it this is yeah. a family show. We're all family here. That's right. I, I did want to bring this up to uh, kind of switch a little bit, and I think you might be caught off guard with this one, so I apologize. We had an inside source tell us about uh, a little YouTube channel and the Hanley skateboard tricks, <laughs> and we may have found this said video. Let's of go. Joel, a young Joel Hanley just doing kickflips on a trampoline with, with a skate deck. And, nice, and I just dude. wanted to know, like, did you have a, an alternate career path? It looks like you were like ready to go full Tony Hawk pro skater. And you're like, you know what? I think just hockey is going to be it for me. That's epic. Um, I definitely <laughs> know who told you that. Definitely we may totes. or may not have had him on the show. <laughs> yeah. Definitely totes. Um, that's, that's hilarious. So I used to really love skateboarding. <laughs> and so, yeah, the video, I, it's pretty pretty bad. But to, to my defense, I think that that was before its time being on YouTube at that point. So, <laughs> I mean, we're fourteen years ago, killing it with the views. That's right. Now, I have a quick question about uh, skateboarding and uh, like small town Canada. How was that? Pretty difficult um, like, to have access to uh, all the equipment. I guess you need. Yeah, I think. I think at least in my town, a lot of a lot of the guys surprisingly were skateboarding. So I don't know if the the video really did justice, but I used to have really really long hair and um, I like dyed it dyed it blonde to be like a skater and stuff. So um, it was pretty cool. I mean, we all went through it. Yeah, <laughs> got the flow in the back, and uh, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. What was uh, your go to trick? Like, uh, probably a kickflip. I would say was my go to. But so I mean, you ever watch those videos on the barracks where they're like always driving down the road and it's like a uh, fucking wee man or something like that. And he's like, hey, do a kickflip. Yeah. <laughs> like some random skaters exactly. and they do a kickflip and then they give them freak shit. It's really cool. But um, yeah, that was definitely my go to. Oh, did you have like a go to skateboarder? Uh, I For me, it was always Bucky Lassick. That was always the guy I picked. I don't know why. Obviously, Tony that. Hawk was Tony yeah. Hawk was always just the number one. But yeah, but I you don't know if there... be that guy to pick him though. Yeah, yeah, it's like picking Gretzky. You know, playing with Gretzky on any or was it Hole in '96? And it's like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna pick him. Okay. Yeah, Tiger so, Woods and or, or playing yeah, yeah, always Bo Jackson in Tecmo Super Bowl. Yeah, like, oh, zigzag baby. That's a, that's hilarious. Yeah, did you have a uh, did you have a go to skater outside of Tony Hawk? Um, I think there was one guy. His name was Eric Costin. I liked him because oh, he was, yeah. was kind of like a street street skater. So that, at that point, I, I thought I was a street skater too. And so that was you my You just got to live a life, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> skater life chose me, man. I didn't choose yeah. skater life. The skater <laughs> no life chose doubt. me. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I was going to say, Jason, you and I both skate. I, you're better than me. I, I bow down to you, sir. But I, I was curious because I know Jason had uh, – Jason was curious about kind of your experience. So – um, Jason, I wanted to kick it over to you because I, I know you had this question line up for Joel. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like whenever I play, like I'm kind of like a utility guy, uh, very much like I'm wherever I'm needed that day. I'm not really the sub, like I'm the full-time player on the team, but I'm the utility guy, but, uh, did love you, and I, I love playing defense, honestly. And I was wondering though, did you always like playing defense? Do you have aspirations to be a goalie like I did? And then the gear was kind of expensive and. Just yeah. kind of get drilled in the face. They get free league dues, so it's it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of a give and take relationship with that. But I just yeah. um, I think I think growing up, like I think until I was maybe like ten years old, I was always a forward and I always wanted to be a forward. 
my it was actually my like the story of how I became a de- defense was my my dad was like the coach and um, everyone wanted to play forward so like my dad's like well why why don't we just put you on D and at that point it was like you could you could get more ice because like nobody wanted to do it so it was I kind of started back then and um, it's typically one less line too yeah exactly so it worked out I guess for the best and. Um, yeah, I guess for, from there, I, I just always, I always liked it. And uh, the play was always like in front of you and you can see kind of, kind of everyone. So um, I don't know, for whatever reason, I always enjoyed playing defense after that. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, you were talking about playing with your dad or, you know, your dad being your coach and everything. Uh, you know, can you talk about like that whole experience playing, you know, peewee or you, uh, I guess it's minor hockey. Yeah. And then you just kind of make your way to juniors. Yeah. And what's that process like? the kids the youth that know that may listen to this what what advice can you give them yeah um at least in canada like um i remember i i I was probably like eight years old or nine years old so like the highest level you can get to is triple a it's called so i remember my parents were like you know you should go try out and i definitely didn't like i didn't want to because i didn't think i'd make it it was like a, a travel team so i was just super nervous but i ended up going trying out and i made it so Um, I think I was on that team for maybe like seven or eight years. So at least, you know, my parents did so much as far as traveling. Um, You know, the rink was, it was kind of like a bigger area. So the rink was like 45 minutes away. So we basically had to travel there every day. So like my mom and dad would, you know, drive me there. So they sacrificed, you know, so much of their time for, you know, for me and, you know, my brother when we played. So I think obviously a big part of my career and why I'm here is them just for, you know, they, they sacrificed and supported me throughout all those times. Um, but, you know, minor hockey was, like, super fun. Um, it was something that, like, I always wanted to do. And it was, like, the best part was, like, kind of driving there with, like, your parents. And, you know, you, you stop at Tim Hortons, or, which is, like, it's like a coffee shop. And, you know, we'd get, like, Wendy's and stuff for dinner. And, oh, it's cool. Oh, I'm, I'm yeah. very familiar. Oh, yeah. yeah. So it was fun, man. Yeah, I I loved minor hockey, and yeah, so that was kind of my, I guess, my experience um, playing minor hockey. Uh, speaking of like the the minors and, and coming up, uh, you know, you, you did spend quite a quite a bit in in the uh, the minors with different uh, NHL affiliates and whatnot. But what was the what was the shift in mentality uh, going back and forth? Uh, let's use the Texas Stars and the Dallas Stars most recently, just because that's usually what most people know that listen. What's that mentality like getting that sudden switch? Is it like, do you get a text or a call from, you know, the respective coach and they're like, Hey, you know, Hey, we got to get you down to AHL for a little bit. You know, we want you to keep your legs fresh. Um, and, and once you get that text or call, uh, is there a noticeable difference in the speed of the game? And is there anything that like kind of stands out to you now that you've had time in both and, more specifically even up into the Stanley Cup finals usually like the, the GM will you know you will bring you aside and you know they're usually always like really professional and they'll tell you basically straight up um, you know whether you're getting called up or you're getting sent down so it's usually a pretty quick meeting and you know emotions are always like really high or really low at that point so mm-hmm. um, you know for, for, that's at least from my experience and um, at least with the differences between the HL and NHL I know the NHL is definitely a little bit more structured as far as, um, you know, everyone's in the right spots and everyone's so, mm-hmm. everyone's obviously really skilled. So, um, you know, the, the passes are always on the tape. Everyone's in the right spots. So at, at times, 
a lot of guys say it's almost at easier at times in that's in that sense but at the same time everyone's so much better and you know not so much better but the, the high-end skill is um definitely on another level and um so you definitely you know if you make a mistake you'll mm-hmm. you'll definitely pay for it because the guys are so skilled and they can they'll make you pay you know the definitely the high-end guys yeah, it's kind of funny to even talk about. I we try to preach like to everyone that's a new coming hockey fan. If you haven't been to a, a game before, always try to support your minor league teams. Uh, we're very fortunate here in Dallas, obviously with you guys having the Dallas Stars, um, and then down in Cedar Park and Austin, but even more closely the Allen Americans, which is a an ECHL team. Um, you definitely see a difference in the style of play, where it's obviously more gritty in the ECHL, and then it kind of almost. And they say it makes it look easy in the NHL because you guys are so good. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, the passes are crisp. But it's just really interesting because I don't think a lot of people realize, obviously you've got guys like Jamie Benn and then outside of the stars, you know, Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon. Those guys don't have to go through the hardships of getting those conversations with the GM. So I just wanted to kind of gauge your, uh, you know, your experience with it. But to kind of shift a little bit before we get into more of like the, the chill laid back questions, Obviously, Stephen Johns, we mentioned him earlier, has been through a lot in these last couple of years um, and decided ultimately to you know, end his time in the sport. Um, but he took what could have been a really sad time for him and he made it something really inspiring, which is the mental miles movement. You know, For those that are, are listening and haven't heard it, we've, we've talked about it with Jeff Totes. We've talked about it before. Uh, basically, Stephen Johns was rollerblading across the nation, the U.S., to raise awareness for uh, mental health um, organizations and mental health awareness. How was your relationship with Johnsy, and, and how did that kind of, you know, did you guys have a conversation about the not the mental miles movement, but like when he essentially was like, "I'm I'm gonna go ahead and retire because of this." Did you guys have any conversations about that, and how, you know, did that affect you any way personally, or is there anything that you kind of took away from your time with him as a teammate? Um, Johnsy was always like unreal to me. Um, he, he was always super nice, definitely when he wasn't able to play, it was definitely a hard time for him. And, you know, at least from an outsider, you definitely could see it. And, you know, it was just, like you said, it was so inspiring for him to be able to do that and something that, um, you know, the hockey world got behind him and he did something that was super important. Obviously, you guys obviously know, especially the mental side of things, um, that it's definitely more prevalent and hopefully we can Mm -hmm. talk about it more. And, that's definitely a huge step, especially for, you know, John Z and, you know, everyone, people look up to him and for him to be able to do that and, you know, kind of make a difference was definitely huge. And I was definitely following him along, you know, watching him do that. So pretty cool that he was, him and Totes were able to, to do that and, you know, make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Patrick, I know that you had something to follow up with, so I didn't know if you wanted to, to drop in here and, and share. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just kind of taking it back to, defense and the skill levels in the NHL. Yeah. Um, Fink mentioned Ben, Jamie and, and Connor McDavid yeah. specifically, but and you, you've played some high level guys. Who's been the toughest to, to keep up with from a defensive standpoint? Oh man. There's like, there's a lot. I mean, I would probably like, there's probably two that like when I was like, actually maybe I'll say three. So one is McDavid, obviously, and then when well, even watching McKinnon, like when um, in the playoffs, like when he was 
I, I got to play the game seven, but before that, like when I was watching, like he, he's just on like another level as far as like speed and stick handling, like abilities. Like, I mean, you guys watch him obviously and everyone else does, but he, he was definitely someone that's hard to contain. And you know, when he kind of gets up to full speed, it's, there's not a lot of guys that can keep up with him. And probably my third is, uh, is Kane. Um, and I don't think he has the same speed as those guys, but he, he, I think he sees the ice probably just probably I would say like the best he, like his passing and, and, and vision is just like is is next level and so, like when you know when you're on the bench or, or you're watching him he's always like has his head up and he's you know he's just like always like he's on the half all just stick handle and like he just sees everything mm-hmm. and he's he's able to make those passes that most guys probably can't make so is there a different I mean, obviously there's a different approach, but what is the mentality if you're on the ice when they get shifted on or what's the mentality like when you're trying to play defense against those guys? Is it just contain and try and keep them under wraps for the most part or is it full on shut down approach like always? Yeah. um, Or is it, I got to put this guy into the boards now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Get off the ice for me. (laughs) Um, no, I would probably say like, try to take his time and space away. Um, which is obviously hard to do, but, um, I think the more time you give those guys, like the more opportunity they have to make a play. So containing is definitely a big thing, you know, trying to keep yourself, you know, in front of them and taking good angles so they can't like go a certain way, which obviously is a tough task, but, um, I think you have to just have to do your best job at, uh, taking their time and space away, however you can. Kind of talking about, uh, you know, your your time in the NHL now. Is there, like, if, like going back to, like, 2004, you're, what, like, 15, 16-ish or so, right? And there's guys like uh, uh, Alex Ovechkin who gets drafted number one overall. Like, and there was already big talk going into him. So, like, these are guys who you, are you, you're kind of looking up to, even though they're only, like, four or five years older than you. Is it What's it like, I guess, like playing now in the same league as that and possibly playing against them, you know, maybe this year for a Stanley Cup or something like that? How, how's, how's that mindset kind of working? I think for me at the beginning, it definitely took me a little bit to get, to get adjusted to for, for the reasons you were saying. Basically, I, I grew up watching these guys and idolizing them. So, you know, but at the same time, like, I think I've gotten better at, you know, it's a job and, you know, you, you got to go out there and do, and do your job and, you know, obviously, but it's, it's sometimes it's hard. Like you said, you're going up against Ovechkin and um, you grew up idolizing him. But you know what? You got to put that aside and they're human too. And, you know, you're here for a reason. This is like my mindset. You're here for a reason. You got to and like you're just as good as they are. So that's kind of like my mindset going into it is basically that they're human and, you know, you can stop them. So it's uh, you don't want to give them too much respect. That's for sure. Yeah, it's almost like oh, this yeah. is the NHL. It's the best league in the world. But guess what? I'm in the NHL too, so I'm in the best keep league in the world. Keep yeah, your head exactly. up, bud. Yeah, exactly. keep your head up. <laughs> keep your head up, and the ice and the boards all hit the bodies the same way. It doesn't matter how good you are, or what your rank is on NHL. Exactly. So, <laughs> so that's pretty much what we had. We do have what we call. We're going to start calling the usual questions. Um, this is where we kind of lay back a little bit, have a little more fun. Nice. I'm going to kick it off to the guys because I'm curious what they want to lead it off with. These are the ones where uh, kind of off the cuff, but there's really no wrong answers. We'll uh, we'll start with something uh, hockey related before we move on to not so hockey related. Favorite hockey movie? 
Nice. Oh, wow. Uh, there's a lot of good ones. I would probably say the the Mighty Ducks uh, series, uh, one, two, and three. If you had to choose, though, if you had to choose out of one, two, and three, which one would it be? I'll go two. I, I'll go two. I think that's, that's the one where good, like, it's Team USA. Is that Team USA? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. I like that one. I think from a style perspective, that's the best movie. Let's yeah. be real. It's yeah. when the uh, when the goalie mask duck came out, the yeah. Hendrix jersey. <laughs> I, I I'm okay. So this one is coming from me. Growing up, like who was the who was what was your team? What was your team like when you played show with the boys? Like if you did, like what was the team that you're always like? This is the one I have to pick. Like everyone knows when you walk in the house, they're like, oh, Hanley's here. Like he's gonna pick. <laughs> Calgary or Ottawa or Toronto like who was your go-to team I don't even want to be biased but honestly at that point I think it was like NHL 97 or I don't even know but I honestly was always Dallas because they had like they were stacked I think they had like like Medano like Newendike they had like Hatcher on the back end so it was like there was a time where Dallas was nasty yeah yes (laughs) yes that's the prime time great answer the homer answer yeah uh, uh, I was gonna say, what's your what's been your biggest go to off ice uh, hobby? Uh, like, I think for me, it's golf. Like, that's definitely my biggest hobby. Hobby off the off the ice is, is golf. Um, just love getting out with the boys and, and playing golf and just relaxing. So, I'll definitely say golf. What are you shooting these days? Oh, oh man! What are you shooting? Uh, yeah. Well, recently I haven't been shooting because of my injury, but. Um, usually I'm, I'm pretty decent. Like usually I'll shoot like in the seventies, like not too low, but I'm pretty good. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not unreal, but I'm pretty good. I was about to say that's, that's better than uh, pretty decent. I'd say <laughs> yeah. consistently in the seventies. Yeah. I'm shooting, I'm shooting low triple digits, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if you, if, if anyone's seen that bar still of the journey who the guy of the guy who's trying to break a hundred, yeah, uh, I'm right? 30, I'm 30. Yeah. I'm 34. And that's been me my entire life. Um, <laughs> I think I've gotten nine, like in the nineties, a couple of times, but follow up question to that. It's kind of well known around the league that Joe Pavelski is the best golfer. Have you gotten to play with him? And is he in fact, one of the better golfers you played with? Yeah. Uh, I played with him at the beginning of last year and he was, he's nasty. He's good. He's, I think he plays like at uh, a plus one, which is like a, a, it's a scratch, like plus one. So Jesus. he's like, he usually shoots like one under every round. So he's, he's pretty nasty. That's wild. Shit. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say because he, he was uh, up against uh, Romo in that program recently. And I want to say that's the one where Madonna actually hit that eagle. Yeah, uh, Albatross. The Albatross, yeah. It was like from what, like almost 200 out and he hit a flush iron or something like that. Yeah. Either way, insane. But yeah, uh, that's like been the rumor that goes around is like he's the one, like that's the guy that everyone in the NHL is like, that's the best golfer in the league right there. Yeah, so I'm yeah. I'm going to go on the inverse. I know you guys played together in uh, in the bubble when you got a chance to get out in the sun. Who's the worst golfer Ooh. on the team? It's got to be a Russian. I it's got to be one Russian. of the Russian guys. <laughs> I think it's one of the Russians. I think, I think, yeah, one of the Russians. I think I watched Gary at the range. Gary Onoff, and I don't, I, I don't even know if he knew which way he was hitting it, but he was pretty bad. <laughs> hitting left-handed clubs, right-handed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying both. I want to say too. I think didn't, yeah, didn't Dobby just was like, I don't want to play. I just want to drive cart. And he like had a glass of red wine or something. And it was like that's just all he did on the golf course that day was drink a glass of red wine and like a Adidas tracksuit and drive the cart around. I think you're right. <laughs> I think that sounds like something he would do. <laughs> 
Um, well, I, I know that everyone's curious about this one. Uh, you know, our namesake is Wada Hockey, uh, named after Whataburger. You spent time in Dallas. You spent time down near Austin with the Texas Stars. Have you had a chance to experience Whataburger? And if so, what would you say your go-to order is? Honestly, I, I, I'm sorry, but I, I haven't had a Whataburger yet. It's okay. And we can change that. I mean, it's, <laughs> we've literally been offering up Whataburger gift cards to everyone on the show. Like it's, it's one of those things and we have to make it happen. <laughs> I'm excited to have one now. <laughs> They're great. I mean, you've nice. got the breakfast menu from it's 11 PM. Book, 11. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. It'll be baby books and, and Whataburger uh, coupons and whatnot. Um, Let's go. But what about, uh, you gotta go through the app too. Okay. That's, yeah. When, that's when you decide to go, go through the app. It's the best way to go. Done, Otherwise yeah. we'll spend half an hour in the drive through done yeah it it takes time to cook perfection um (laughs) yeah any uh oh i i want to i want to kick the movie question over uh the actor question over to patrick because this is one that we've asked pretty much every guest that we've had on the show got some pretty amazing answers but i don't want to be asking all the questions so patrick i'm going to kick this one over to you i think you know which one i'm talking about i do know which one you're talking about and we have gotten some good answers and there's two ways you can take this you can go full on I don't want to say egotistical, but that's an option. Or you can go the humble route, which we've had some answers to. Mm-hmm. They're making a uh, a Joel Hanley biopic. Who's playing Joel Hanley on the other side of the camera? Wow. Um, <laughs> so basically, who who would play me? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, for, for reference, we had one guy that, uh, just for two examples of the, the opposites, one guy said uh, Bradley Cooper would play him. Wow! And another guy said Zach Galifianakis would play him. So wow. he was like, but he, I think he was specific. He's like Zach Galifianakis from the Hangover. From the Hangover, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was like, if anyone plays me, it's that guy. Damn, <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a hard question to answer. Um, who who's that? Um, the guy uh, I would love to be. I think it is it Ben Affleck. Who's he dating? I'll, I'll pick Ben Jennifer Affleck. Jennifer Lopez, yeah. Let's go. Back I'll with pick Jaylen, I think, yeah. Full. S- there you go. <laughs> she, she left A Rod to go back to. Uh, That's true. To ben Affleck. Yeah. yeah. Talk about I mean, self esteem so, boost. Yeah, but fuck A Rod. That was our right? chance. We're not uh, a baseball yeah. podcast. Let's stop talking baseball. <laughs> yeah, no baseball. No baseball. Uh, that being said, though, I mean, now I'm curious. Joel, do you have, like, outside of hockey, obviously, that's something that hockey and golf, you know, swinging sticks, that's kind of a thing baseball basketball football do you have any affiliations do you have any teams you root for um at least for baseball i just being from toronto i I like the blue jays um i know that that might hurt some some texas fans just because of that one like i think they had a series that the blue jays won so that might be 2015 yeah and he got punched by that that guy Uh, Runit Odor, that's the best hit he had as a Ranger, and he's been trash ever since, and now he's a Yankee. Yeah, that was a big punch. Hey, 15 million punch, and two though. horses for one punch. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Do you uh, watch any basketball or any football or anything, or keep it to uh, keep it to baseball? My, my football knowledge is starting to get a little bit better. Um, so I didn't really grow up watching a ton, so, but I love, I love Sundays, and I love watching all the games. Um, hopefully I can – you know, be it like I like I love Dallas. Like so, maybe I'll be uh, jump on the bandwagon and be you know a Cowboys fan. Yeah, I don't think you want to go down that road. <laughs> yeah, man, it is. It is a long road, man. Yeah, <laughs> Full I'm of here for it. Hi, it's it's called Highway Eight and Eight. <laughs> <laughs> eight and Eight no longer unless yeah. there's a tie though. 
That's yeah. true. Um, so I'm, I'm actually kind of, I'm curious, curious, uh, just from like a locker room perspective. I know a lot of people that listen to this are stars fans and they, they'd love to get the insight, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, our biggest thing that we do with water hockey is we're trying to peel back the layers and just like make it more personal, uh, for people that love the team and love the sport to get to go, to get to know you guys a little bit more if you can. Cause I know that the locker room is a tight knit place. Uh, especially if you've seen mystery Alaska, once what's said in the locker room stays in the locker room, who's probably, would you say the biggest jokester though in the locker room? And this is, you know, going back to this past season, obviously there's a lot of new faces that are coming in and out. So biggest jokester, the, our, our room's pretty pretty funny. Um, the two guys that I, I enjoy listening to are um, Como and Cogliano. They they just are really funny and witty, and they'll you know someone will like walk in the room and they'll they'll kind of like say like a one liner chirp, just like you know what they're wearing or something like something funny. And <laughs> I just like for me, I just sit back and I I just like watch those two guys like basically like chirp each other and chirp our teammates um <laughs> another guy that's pretty funny is like radulov just because he's very like very different and um just some oh, of the yeah. things he does like i mean in inter- intermission he'll just sit in his stall and just bark out orders at like the trainers and stuff and they'll have to like go go get him like a banana <laughs> or like whatever he wants <laughs> yeah i have to go now talk more about him because he, he's always a player that fascinated me and yeah, he just he seems like a hard ass the whole time, and now I mean, like you kind of talked about, like giving the trainer shit and everything. Is he yelling for bananas? He's like, I need oh. banana now. Oh yeah. I just, <laughs> I just yeah, remember the infamous uh, clip of him sitting on the bench, just chowing down on a banana in the middle of a period. <laughs> Nobody cares. He has no care in the world. He's like, yeah. I have banana, and that's like all he wants is that banana. <laughs> That's all he wants, and everyone. We'll just let him do what he does, and everyone will be happy. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I would say, oh man, I feel like I know the answers to these coming from your perspective. Like, who would you say has the most outlandish collection of vehicles, and who's the best dress on the team? Mm, definitely, I would, I would probably Ben or Sagan. You know, they. they yeah, got, I figured yeah. Sagan had the cars. Yeah, he has the definitely has the cars. Um, definitely super well dressed. I think Rupe, Rupe will be the next well dressed guy. I think up and coming. You know, he he's got the style and, but definitely cars. Either either Jamie Ben or Tyler Sagan. Like I, I they got I don't even, they got a new car basically every t- every t- every like day they go in. So I can't keep up. <laughs> <laughs> they got to keep it inconspicuous but i think it's funny you said that too because i think miro said something he was like i just uh i wear what rupe buys for me like i he's like he picks my he picks my outfit i i buy that i could see so, that for sure yeah he's a pretty quiet dude I, I love i love what uh miro's done for the organization and just mm-hmm. become this like steadfast just very pretty good kind of guy where that's just, just go to answer is pretty good yeah um but guys, if you uh, have any more questions you want to fire off at Joel before we uh, head into this special quote-unquote razorism of the week, uh, fire away. On the flip side of the jokester, who's who's the guy that, uh, for for lack of a better phrase, tells everybody to quit fucking around when mm. it's time to get serious? Oh, um... This can also be one of the coaches, because we saw the we're not going home, and man, I did not realize bonus, like, 
cursed as much as he did, but it made me want to run through a wall listening to his talks. Yeah, he, he definitely keeps everyone accountable. He's definitely a, a really good coach. Um, like you said, you, you want to go through a wall for, for someone like him. Um, so, yeah, let's go with him. Bonus. Okay. He's just a, he just seems like such a – and it's funny because he turns it off too. He seems like such a chipper and joyous guy outside of the locker yeah. room. But, man, watching that documentary for the first time and seeing just how absolutely ballistic he would go between periods, I was like, I, I can barely backskate, like, but I want to. I want to do it the fastest I've ever done it before. Yeah, he's he's a really good coach. Yeah, uh, who you got a bestie on the team? You have a who, who's your? It's it's Friday night. Let's, let's who are you hanging out with on from the team? I guess um, not so much now with the with the pregnant wife and everything. We need. Yeah, prior to it, I, there's a, a few few guys like um, uh, some of the younger guys um, that I really got along like uh, Jake Ottinger's. Really, really good dude, uh, Nick Nick Camano and uh, mm-hmm. like Tide Delandria, like all those guys, and you know, I'm I'm buddies with all the guys. So with guys those, kind of go through the, the guys system that like that. Came up, yeah, mm-hmm. through the systems with. So, yeah, those guys are awesome. So one follow up to that, on a typical, say you got a Friday night off, you're at home, you're at home, and let's uh, let's say you're not staying home with the wife. <laughs> what are y'all getting into? experience in the Dallas nightlife going out to bottle blonde or what's on the ticket for for a Friday night with the boys I'll I'll, wherever wherever Jamie Ben wants to go then then I'm in wherever he's going then then I'll I'll jump on the bandwagon and go with him (laughs) (laughs) I actually saw Jamie Ben out once at green room I think three or four years ago which is uh one it's a great place to go but it's definitely not a place that you would expect a professional NHL player to go. Yeah. But if you're into $4 whiskey Cokes, that's, that's the spot to be. I haven't, I haven't been there. I may have, I may have to dip in there. I've never checked that place out. That's uh, I think it's on either Elm or Main. I think it's on Main. Yeah. Got it. Got a nice bright green sign. Yeah. Cross or next to Kane Rasa, I think. No, it's a, no, it's across no, no, from no. Uh, right. Twilight Lounge. Yeah, Twilight and Wits End. Yeah, I'll put that on the list. Good spot to me. good low key spot to hang out. Oh yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, and last but certainly not least, uh, Chili's is always an option. Uh, <laughs> right. President Presidente Margaritas, three for ten, two for twenty. Let's go. Um, you know, if you really want to get wild. Uh, well, boys, uh, don't want to keep Joel any longer. Uh, we do have one more thing, some uh, maintenance that we like to tidy up with. We usually have what we call, obviously, you know who Daryl Razor Ray is. We're very lucky to have him at the Dallas Stars organization, um, you know, doing play-by-play up in the booth. But we usually have a Razorism of the week. But seeing as this is our first occasion with an active NHLer, um, we had a clip set aside just specifically for you. So we're going to call it the 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 doc of the week the doctor of the week i guess no, i don't know doc. let's doc, doc of the week, week. yeah oh, no. docking of the week let's go <laughs> doc of the week let's hit it doc of the week doc of the week walk back on now by Blake Como and Como dealt it back further one thing for Tampa they have not faced the team that is as quick as Dallas in these playoffs right to the slot and a shot score Dallas connects first 540 into the first. It's Joel Hanley moving in from his defensive position. And that is his first Stanley Cup playoff goal, and it comes in the final. Well, what a four check here by Dallas. 
Braden Point gets hit by Kiviranta. That was a clean hit. Bogosian went in to give a little bit of the business to Kiviranta, and then Hanley moves one way, shoots back the other way. And then the great pass from below the goal line. But again, Point was there. He was facing, and then as soon as the check was coming, he turned to try to protect the puck. The referees say play on, which is the right call, and defensemen being active. A theme for both of these teams, and so far for the Dallas Stars, they've dictated the terms, have had the jump, but it all started with the forecheck by Dallas. Say that's a uh, that's a pretty uh, pretty special little clip that we uh, that we we throw out there. So um, yeah, did you, I mean, have you heard that before? Have you listened? Have you seen that clip? Or I. So I didn't. I actually didn't even hear that. I'm sorry. Damn it. Oh well, we we uh, technical difficulties, it. but uh, it was Doc Emmerich <laughs> calling your first NHL playoff goal. Come on. <laughs> I was like, man, he's really subtle about this reaction. He's like, ah, I've been here before. Um, we're we're still we're still a sweet little baby little baby podcast. But yeah, we we play a clip every week. So if you want to go back and listen to it uh, towards the the hour mark, it's basically just Doc Emmerich calling your first. Uh, the, the first ever NHL Stanley Cup goal for you. So that's epic. Um, You'll have to record your reaction so we can edit it and add it. Very <laughs> faced. Yeah, but he's like, "Whoa, that's so cool." <laughs> um, well, I uh, again, I want to take a moment just to thank you so much for you know giving some of uh, some of your time to us. Obviously, you've been super busy lately, starting a family. Uh, it's the off season. You know, you're in recover. You know, getting your PR in. So we appreciate your time and. Uh, we do have one more thing. We, we, we put you on the spot a little bit earlier. Um, we'll do it just one more time. We all have specific sign-offs at the end of the uh, podcast. So I don't know if you have like maybe uh, an adios you give to the locker room on your way out or um, something you say when you're leaving a friend's house. But if you have a sign-off, this is uh, this is the place for it. What do you say after you kill a couple noobs on uh, Inverdansk, you know? There you go. <laughs> Suck it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect lead-in. Patrick, tell them how they need to stay. You can't get much sassier than that, so stay sassy. <laughs> and uh, for everybody who doesn't know, you just got to stay moist. Always, then, and forever. Um, and last but certainly not least, uh, don't for any reason whatsoever, even if someone pays you $2 billion to do it, forget your permit tattoos. Let's go.